enough of that. Um, you know that um, in the Bible, uh, God promises to guide us. He promises to guide us. So how does he? Um, here's a story about how God doesn't guide us. Uh, in last year, on November the 30th, there was a report in the newspaper of a flight in the United States um, that was derailed. Um, the flight actually was from Houston to Columba, um, and halfway across they had to land at Arkansas. They had to land at a little place called Little Rock, Arkansas. And the reason why they had to do it was because there was a very unruly 34-year-old um, lady on the plane um, who was trying to get out of a seat, and the uh, crew kept telling her, please, to sit down. And eventually she fought her way out of the seat, and uh, one of the passengers helped the crew to stop her getting to the emergency exit. And she was crying out, Jesus told me to fly to Ohio, and Jesus told me to open the plane door. Um, anyway, um, the passenger that tried to subdue her um, had teeth marks down into his hip um, and had to be taken off by ambulance to the hospital at Little Rock, uh, and she was detained by the police. I'm sure that um, God did not guide her to open the emergency door at 37,000 feet. She was deluded. But in bringing this uh, New Year's Day message um, and keeping with the Christmas theme, I've been thinking about the incredible story, it really is amazing, of the wise men, uh, the Magi who came from the East um, seeking this new king. It really is an amazing story. And how did God guide them to be there? They weren't even Jews, as far as we know. They were Gentiles. I think it's appropriate today because the wise men also arrived sometime after the birth of Jesus. And we know this for three reasons in the scriptures. In fact, there's a fourth reason that I discovered this morning as well. Um, first of all, when they arrived, they arrived to a house. He was no longer in a stable. He was in a house. Um, the second thing is that Herod had all the boys under the age of two killed. So he was probably a few months old. Um, thirdly, I know that when new babies are born, you don't like to move them around very much. They need to be in a stable place. Um, this is from personal experience with a, a new grandson and uh, Sue going down to look after uh, Theo. Um, but also the other thing is the scriptures describe Jesus as a child, not a baby. So we are a week after Christmas. I'm sure they arrived probably a few months or within weeks of the birth of the child. Um, so presumably the family were living in Bethlehem for a little while. Um, maybe Joseph had relatives there. I don't know because it was his home city. Um, where he had been registered. But the question today is, how were these men guided? I mean, we talk about a star. I'm going to come to that in a minute. And more importantly for us is, how does God guide us today? How do we receive God's guidance? Psalm 32 says this, Everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. 
I will guide you with my eye. And Jesus himself said, my sheep listen for my voice and they follow me. They listen for the voice of the Lord. So who were these wise men? Um, first of all, we know that they were, the term is magi, um, and they were not kings as far as we know. They were probably um, wise men, magicians, even astrologers, experts in interpreting dreams. Um, it is possible that these magi came from northern Syria or even perhaps Iraq, Iran, Babylon. Um, the reason I say northern Syria is because 1400 years BC, you might remember, there was a Gentile prophet who Balak asked to curse the Israelites and out of his mouth came a prophecy about Jesus. And the prophecy was, there shall come a star out of Judah and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. The other possibility is Babylon. We know that the Jews were carried into Babylon um, on, in exile, and Daniel rose to become the chief administrator and in charge of all the wise men and the astrologers. Maybe he shared some of the prophecies with them. Who knows? It's a question. The second thing is, <clears throat> why did God include them in his story? Why did he include Gentiles? It's interesting that Matthew's gospel begins with these visitors from the Gentile world coming to worship the new Jewish king and also ends with Jesus' instructions to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think it is a sign for us that God wants to include the whole world in his story. It's clear that Jesus, this new Jewish king, was going to have a much bigger influence than just the people of Israel. Finally, we learn that they saw this star in the east, and by reading the scriptures carefully, the suggestion is they didn't see the star again until they got to Jerusalem. So they must have had amazing faith to make that trip. I want you to think about it. They navigated by the stars. Now, that's not reading horoscopes and things like that because we know that uh, sailors throughout history have navigated by the stars, looking at the angle of the stars in terms of the horizon and measuring and working out where they actually are. So navigation was done in those days that way. And of course, they didn't have big city lights, so you could see the stars for a start. I know purposely chose that one because we have the misconception that there were three wise men. It never says that. There were three gifts. There could have been two wise men or five. We don't know. There could have been wise women with them. We don't know. But the, the thing is that it says we have seen his star in the east. Now, that gives us a bit of a clue. A number of theories have been proposed about this, but Tom Wright, an eminent theologian in Britain, said it's most likely, because they've worked back and they've looked at the stars at that time, that Jupiter and Saturn were in conjunction with one another at that time. 
And it was known in the, in that, in the world that Jupiter was a royal planet and Saturn was a Jewish planet. So maybe they put the conclusion together that there was a king that was to be born in the nation of the Jewish people. And so they headed off. They were coming. In those days, it was appropriate to bring a gift to the new king. Even if these theories are not correct, we human beings have a mind to try and work everything out, don't we? But Paul says this, Oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counsellor? God chose them. But not only did they get their guidance from a star, as we'll see in a minute, they also got their guidance from scripture, from another person speaking to them, and later through a dream. It's a bit like this. If you're coming into Wangarei Harbour and you're in a boat, you don't just use one boy to get your location to get to safe harbour. You use a number of boys, a number of lights to get to the destination. And it's like that with God's guidance. If that lady, was, that lady was just relying on what she thought was the voice of the Lord saying, Jesus told me to open the window. Well, if she'd gone to somebody on that plane and said, do you think Jesus wants me to open the window? The whole lot, whether they're believers or not, would have said, no, he didn't tell you that. And I've come across people who have said to me, the Lord's told me to do this or the Lord's told me to do that. Now, I'm not questioning whether that's right or wrong. Um, but I want to look today at what other factors we need to bear in mind when we're looking for God's guidance. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting, isn't it? Where did the wise men go? They went to Jerusalem first. Why do you think they went to Jerusalem? Because they probably thought Jerusalem was the capital city, and that's where everybody would be expecting the king to be born. So they asked. Um, and um, <clears throat> it, the scriptures say everybody was terrified, and I think they were all terrified because they knew that Herod <laughs> didn't want another king. Um, and so here we see um, the wise men coming. They ask around, where's this new king to be born? And people say, huh, new king? We've got Herod. And the word gets to Herod. And Herod immediately goes to the scribes and the Pharisees, the people who study the scriptures, and they tell him that the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. So he secretly arranges this meeting and he goes back and he says to the wise men, the scriptures say he's going to be born in Bethlehem, so go there. And when you get there, just come back and tell me so I can come and worship him too. And off they go. Um, and they see the star again, it says. I think they didn't see the star for quite a long time. And they rejoiced. And I think God gave them that as a, as a um, what do you like, an encouragement to their faith. You know, when we're seeking God's guidance, God just doesn't leave us in the dark and give us one thing and that's it, see how they get on. He encourages us forward with different things, as we'll see. Um, so their, their 
guidance was by a combination of factors. And I want to just, in the remaining few minutes, just want to remind you of the way that God guides us today. Um, And there are basically, if you like, um, five things. Um, So the question is, how does God guide us? How does he guide us? Bearing in mind that he wants to guide those people who want to be guided. We have to submit our wills to God and say, Lord, I want to be guided by you. Um, Often we've got important decisions to make in our lives about careers, vocation, relationships, marriage, um, money, holidays, houses, possessions, giving, all these things. We've got important decisions to make. Um, And it's important as Christians that we make the right decisions. It really is important because God has a plan. And God promises to guide those who seek him. Um, I love what Mary said. I am the Lord's servant and I'm willing to do whatever he wants. What an amazing response to that call of God against all odds to carry the baby Jesus. Um, One of the reasons I'm bringing this message today was in August last year, I was in a cafe um, it, it was the Bob Cafe, actually, and I got served by someone in the congregation here a coffee, and I was talking to a friend who was actually, at that time, seeking God's guidance, and he was sharing with me the struggle that he was having in making a decision. And I simply said, do you remember the five CSs of the Alpha Course? He said, no, what were they? And immediately I thought, we need to just have a little review with the congregation. What are the five CSs? And I I shared him what those five CSs were, and he went away uh, from me and contacted me a little bit later. He said, that was really helpful to help me make this decision. And so I want to just touch on those five. The first one is uh, commanding scripture. The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living, so that the person of God may be well-equipped to do God's will. All scripture. Now, in scripture, there are two aspects. First of all is God's general will. You don't need to ask the question, should I pay my taxes? The Bible's quite clear on that. You should pay your taxes. So somebody tell Donald Trump that, will you? Since he held a Bible up outside a church. Um, You know, the Bible says marriage. It's for life. That's God's plan. Um, For he teaches us on how to raise children, um, how to deal with our finances, um, how to forgive people, the fact that we need to forgive people. This is clear teaching, Um, and that's why we need to read the scriptures, because the scriptures inform us on how we should live our lives. And that's God's will, that we should be righteous people. We're not righteous by our own um, efforts, but we're trying to keep in line with God's will. Um, But secondly, sometimes in life, As you're reading the scriptures, a verse pops out at you and speaks right into the situation that you're in. And that is God guiding us. And it should be because the Holy Spirit, we just read, all scripture is inspired by God. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. So he wrote it so that when we read it, sometimes what happens is 
the word pops out at us and we think, thank you, Lord, for your guidance. Um, Sue and I are just so grateful because two or three major decisions we've had to make in our lives have been based primarily on the scriptures and God's guidance. And very personal, even though those scriptures were written 1,500 years ago or more, they still speak today. And so as we begin 2023, can I encourage you to be in the scriptures? Read the scriptures. Secondly, um, the creative spirit of God. Um, the, the second way of guidance is the creative spirit, second CS. Um, this is what Jesus actually said. He said, I'm telling you the truth. He said this to his disciples. It's to your advantage that I'm going away, because if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And the Holy Spirit is the other Jesus. He's God. And he is so creative. And one of the things about being a Christian is learning to hear the voice of the Spirit. Discerning the voice of the Spirit. And that can happen during your day. That prompting of the Spirit. Um, and if it's a godly action, you can be sure that the Holy Spirit is guiding you. And the Holy Spirit guides as we pray. And remember with prayer, we've got... Um, two ears and one mouth, um, and so we should spend perhaps t twice as much listening as we should be talking. Um, it's not good enough just to sit down and rattle off a whole list of prayers and say, I've done my prayers, I'm off. Prayer is a communication. It's a love language between two people. That's why we need the scriptures. Um, a, a second thing is that sometimes the Holy Spirit places a really strong desire in us to do something. Um, and uh, Philippians says this, God works in us to will and act according to his good purposes. And so sometimes we get this strong urge to do something. Um, and I, I must admit, I never ever would have thought in my wildest dreams when I set off at university and went into teaching that I'd end up ministering in the church. That was the last thing that was on my mind. But God places a desire in us. And it's godly. Another thing, the Holy Spirit can minister to us in more creative ways, like dreams or visions. Sometimes people actually hear the audible voice of the Lord speaking to them. And that's the Holy Spirit. And so we need, uh, we need to be attuned to these ways that the Spirit speaks. The third one is the counsel of the saints. Um, Proverbs says this, wise men, I'm going to add, and women, listen to advice. And plans fail due to lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. When we're making decisions, it's a very wise thing to go to someone who is perhaps has spiritual authority, someone you trust who's been walking with the Lord to submit what you think God is saying to you, to ask them their advice. And my advice is to not go to someone who you think will tell you what you want to know. You need to go to someone who's got spiritual authority, who might, you might be, need to hear, I'm not sure whether this is the Lord really speaking to you, so-and-so. Or, yes, I'd, 
You know, when we were making decisions to come up here, we had a Baptist pastor and his wife who were really helpful for us outside of the church that we were in who were quite direct and um, they were so helpful to us. Um, so the Council of the Saints is really important. And one of the things I like about the Presbyterian Church is that the church is governed by a council, which means that councillors have the opportunity to say what they think, and then we come to a corporate decision. And I like that. I think that's wise. I think it's godly. Um, the fourth one is circumstantial signs. Um, Sometimes, the, sometimes God can open a door when you just don't expect it. And sometimes he will close a door. Um, you know, Job said, Who is it that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Do you know the laws of heaven? Can you set up God's dominion over the earth? Can you do that? God's in charge. Um, and... You know, Paul experienced God opening a door in Asia Minor and closing a door. He talked about that in the book of Acts. And sometimes God will close a door in our lives. Uh, one of the ways I've experienced that is by great sadness and upset and, oh, what's happening? And, oh, no, this is no good, you know. And, and, and you have that sense. Somebody told me, a guy in the church army, Peter Lloyd, said, maybe God's closing a door, Lord. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Peter. You know, um, this is important stuff, circumstantial signs. Um, we never, ever thought we'd end up in Wangarei. I mean, we thought we'd be in Wanganui and that would be it. But actually, when we look at in hindsight now and see, we see what a blessing it's been because we're actually a lot closer to our kids. And that's a blessing. We've got one of our daughters and her husband now living in Whangarei. What a blessing that is. If we'd stayed in Wanganui, well... Who knows what would have happened? Um, finally, I want to talk about common sense. I think it was John Wesley, the great theologian and revivalist, who said this, God usually guided me by presenting reasons to my mind and acting in a certain way. God's given us common sense. And we need to abide by that. Um, Paul speaks about being given understanding in all things. Um, and this is where I'm sure that uh, people on that plane would have said, common sense says, no, you shouldn't open that door at 37,000 feet. So in conclusion, I just want to say, in seeking God's guidance, we need to remember that God wants to guide us. He wants the very best for our lives. Um, he's given us the means for guidance. And the issue is, will we trust him and look to him for his guidance in all that we do? Just like those wise men followed a star as they heard the prophecies, as they heard someone tell them where the baby was, and as they had dreams, they were guided by different ways. And I want to commend to you that thought as we begin 2023, seeking God's guidance with what he's given us. Can I pray for us? And then I'm going to hand back to Phil. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. Lord, I, I just don't believe it's a closed universe and we're puppets. I believe that you are a loving God, a loving Heavenly Father, and you want the very best for your children. 
help us at the beginning of this year to be attuned, O Lord, to your ways. Help us to be like Mary, who said, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. So guide us, Lord. I pray you'd bless everyone here. Bless their families and those they're praying for. And lead us, Heavenly Father, lead us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.